gonna shine tonight. We're gonna shine a line on some great country music. And I really have been kind of spanning the globe to find some of the best country, indie country music that's going on right now. And I think it's kind of an interesting time to be a country artist because country music is taking on um, such, a, such a kind of a broad uh, kind of genre and it means uh, different things almost to different people. So I know country music, everyone thinks Nashville, um, but let's face it, there are pockets of country music everywhere. And to my point, I'm bringing to you from Fort St. John, British Columbia, a real, uh, I mean, as country as it gets, we're going to be talking to CeCe Brooks. Woo! The crowd. Hey, Randy. <laughs> CeCe, British Columbia. Yeah. First day of fall. <sighs> beautiful. And if I don't know about you, I'm on the opposite side here in Pennsylvania, in the United States, and it feels all of fall. It just did yesterday. We just spent the weekend out camping, and uh, I just celebrated my 30th birthday again. Again. <laughs> and uh, it's, Happy uh, well, I'm trying to, I'm hopefully do it three times. But <laughs> uh, yeah, and it, you know, beautiful sunny day on Friday. Uh, you know, the 22nd. And then as soon as that solstice hit, it's like every leaf fell off the trees. And today <laughs> it's cloudy and, uh, you know, you can feel it. It's now we get to enjoy that beautiful fall weather that we I know, it's I'm like, sure. I'm sure it's the same in Pennsylvania. I know. It's like all of a sudden, bam, it's fall, you know? And I'm like, it's only September. I can't turn on the heat in September, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, you know, blankets are out. And I'm like, can't turn on the heat. I can't turn on the heat. Yeah, but we're not no. allowed to turn on the heat in our house until I turn off the heat in the pool. So that's the that's the that's the trade-off. As soon as we turn off the pool, then we can warm the house. Okay. I that's fair. That's fair. So again, uh, this is on the ranch with Randy O'Neill. And it's interesting, I think, what's been happening in country music in the past few years. And I know when people think of country, they think of you know Nashville, but it's all over the world. I mean, people are country artists. So uh, what brings you to country music? Um, my family, definitely. My mother. Uh, my parents insisted that everybody in our family take five years of piano. That was a non-negotiable thing. My father wasn't a musician in any way. But he really wanted us to have music in our lives. And my mother was a fantastic piano player, guitar player, uh, also accordion player. And uh, yeah, by the time I was 14, I was mom was driving me to a bar in my hometown. I was I was playing uh, I was playing in a country band with two two gentlemen from from uh, England actually, and uh, I was playing uh, six nights a week, four hours a night playing drums, and uh, and it was just kind of. No wonder I didn't turn into, didn't become a lawyer. I don't know. Yeah, it was so. What for you? It's a lifestyle. Yeah, and and I mean, I spent my time. I, I certainly did my. Uh, I cut my teeth in the rock and roll world all the way through the '80s, and I wore my share of eyeliner and striped pants, and I teased my hair so much it just up and left. Uh, but uh, I'm trying to visual. You know, I'm, trying, like, I'm trying to get a visual here, like. Yeah, well, you could trust me. You can Google it. It's out there. It's pretty horrendous. But uh, uh, yeah, so, you know, when I got back uh, home to my hometown after uh, after a long career in rock and roll, I just uh, went back to the basics and got a guitar and just started rebuilding the whole thing. And that was about 10 years ago. And, uh, and that was culminated with a uh, an idea by my wife that we would uh, look at a house in Nashville. And we were down there on a trip after on a recording session. And uh, within a year, she had found us a place. So we've had a place there for about seven years now. Um, so, you know, you'd think that and there's the contrast is 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 vast in the, in the sense of Fort St. John, British Columbia is definitely mm -hmm. a traditional country uh, town. And you look at what's happening in country music and it, it's, you know, it's everywhere. It's everything. It, it can be whatever you want it to be, really. Um, I still feel that country music can be classified by strong melody, strong mm -hmm. lyric. You know, those are the things that really um, outline a great country song. 
and uh, because so many so many songs that I know, based on my limited ability on the guitar, very few chords. It's the melody and the lyric that that stands well, out. And it does that is what kind of separates you know the the power rock sound is just such a verse chorus verse chorus for a country song where your rock songs are building with you know pre choruses you know and all chorus. sorts of things going on there but all kinds of things for a country song yeah for a country song to really work the melody and the lyric mm -hmm. really is something and of course a unique voice is is always something that makes people stand out as well and. There's just yeah. so many great artists right now. Uh, the information's out there. There's so much inspiration. A lot of people complain about it because it's not what they're used to or it's it's not what used to be. But but it's music's evolving. It's always going to be. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, and there's room for everybody in the pool from what I can see. I know. I mean, it, it's, it's an advantage to root for everyone because... I could like your music, someone else's music. It's it's not like a true competition, right? No. Where only not. one artist wins. You know, I know all these award shows and American Idol and all that, but it, it's not a true competition. I like your stuff. I like a lot of other people's and I listen to a lot of different. I just don't listen to one person over and over. No, I'm thrilled. I'm just absolutely thrilled when a colleague of mine or somebody that I got to meet uh, enjoys some success in this business. It's it's so far and few between. And of course, we all judge success differently. Um, you now, my goals might be completely different than somebody that's younger, older than me. But when I when I see somebody uh, gets out there and, and, and writes a great song and, and gets it heard, uh, I'm so happy for them that, you know, I, there's no room in my heart for the jealousy that might mm -hmm. have been there back in the day when I was in the in the in another genre. And, and you know, you felt that by somebody else succeeding that they had diminished your chances because there was so many, so many spots at the well, right? There's just right. only so much room at the trough and all the water is going to be drank up and you've got worries about mortality and getting old and, you know, and, and missing your time or your moment. And uh, I don't feel that way anymore. I just feel um, it's, it's just an honor to be able to, to create music. And uh, as long as I can do it, I, I think, you know, I think I'm a success and I think anybody that's still doing it, I think they're a success. So I celebrate them all and I wish them all the best. And I think that's a great approach for a musician, you know, is to really temper their success. If you're looking for billboard, you're going to be unhappy like, a lot of times, you know, but if you just want to write a good song and have someone come up to you and it resonates with them, you know, to me, that's a success as, as an artist. You know, and I think that oh, internet is, uh, yeah, I think the internet is a big game changer. Right now, there's a lot of people watching. We have Andrea, Lisa, Paul's watching on another site. So again, you know, we have different ways to bring great music to different people. Oh, it's uh, it's crazy. It's uh, the, what's happening nowadays is is beyond what anybody could comprehend and. And, and with the inertia, you know, and there's all sorts of conversations about what AI is going to do and, and all these different things. And I don't know, I, I've, I've, I know when I sit down and I sit across from somebody, whether it be at a songwriter round or whether it's around a fire, I mean, that's what we were doing this weekend. It was just one guitar and a fire and, and the guitar just goes around and everybody gets a shot and, and plays the song. And, uh, you know, when you hear that song that that person is really invested in and, and it comes from the heart, um, it just doesn't get any better than that. And uh, yeah. you can string those all in together into a performance. And then you see some of the greats of today, like Chris Stapleton and uh, the guys that are just, you know, these great singers, great songwriters. Um, and you realize after you spend a little time getting around that they're everywhere. They're everywhere. Yeah. And uh my involvement with uh, big records has, has allowed me to meet so many different artists that I never knew existed or independent people. Uh, you know, I'm admittedly, I'm not a music uh, fanatic. I, I don't spend time searching out stuff. I, I spend most of the time searching out uh, the ability to write my own music. Uh, so I'm, I'm not a type of guy that's just constantly digging into the depths and just through this indie uh, record exploration. I've just discovered so many people that nobody would have heard of. It wasn't for people like yourself and the people at Hive and the people at Blast and 
all the people that are out there supporting that individual person. I think that I think it truly does take a village to raise a child, and it takes a music community to raise an artist. And uh, and th and those sort of those sort of groups and 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 teams are out there to help each other, and it's it's nice to be a part of one of them for sure. Well, and I know you know you're getting into an international country community, and it's some of it's all kinds of different genres when we're talking about some of the indie lab labels. Um, and it's funny, you and I were talking. It's like, what time zone are we meeting? Are we, go, you know, are you going forwards or backwards? Or, you know, it it, it, it opens some doors and it makes you um, think about some other things, like how big this world really is. And oh, um, I've got a really good friend. I got a really good friend, John Godfrey, and he lives over in Scotland, and he's a huge country fan and uh, outlaw country, and uh, just you know. Love, love listening to what he's doing. A lot of my friends right now, actually from Canada, there's a group of them are over there right now. And uh, and uh, the UK is a huge country market right now. People are really loving it. France, uh, you know, uh, Japan, it's it's truly uh, out there to be discovered. In some places where it hasn't been uh, as prevalent or as ingrained in the culture as it would be in the United States and certainly Canada, um, the, some of this stuff is is just coming out for the for for this audience so uh yeah the the future is very bright from what i can see no I, I have to agree with you because you know i look at my youtube followings and it's like brazil has more views than the united states and then i have spain new zealand is like my one of my go-to's like i love them down in new zealand and my friends in the uk so um but it's interesting the evolution of country music, you know, yeah. you know, in the eighties, we had new technology and everyone was playing with that and, you know, everyone buzzed their hair and, you know, it was an alternative <laughs> thing. And I think that's almost happening now in country music. It's kind of undergrowing this kind of like growth spurt and everyone's kind of defining yeah. what country music kind of means to them. So we do yeah. have you, some of your great music that I want to introduce to everyone who's watching now. Uh, the first one that we're going to be um, talking about is Burning Moonlight. So talk to me about Burning Moonlight. Yeah, Burning Moonlight's pretty old. Uh, I did that back in about 2018, actually, and uh, recorded in 2020 with a gentleman uh, from Vancouver, British Columbia, John Ellis, and uh, with a really great bunch of musicians. Uh, they're called the, well, they're called a couple of things, but... Uh, uh, sometimes they'll be called the New York, New Yank Yorkies, or the uh, I think the Lion Bastards is another one they go by. <laughs> but a, a real great a West Coast uh, uh, talented musicians, and and I realized that 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 line had been used. It isn't. It's not a unique line by any sense. Um, but I thought maybe I can bring I can bring it some new life and put it in a context that uh, that would be a little more refreshing and and. I tend to write um, more somber songs <laughs> that you'll get to notice. I, I'm, it's quite easy for me to write a, a tearjerker or a broken heart ballad than it is to write a poppy, upbeat song. So I'm, when uh, I had this one, um, I felt it, it has to get recorded. And it's always a pleasure when the, when the artists that, that work on your music um, grasp what you're trying to get Sometimes that can get taken away from you in the studio in a matter of minutes when they actually take the track and they take the score. Um, and these guys just, you know, it's exactly what I heard in my head. Uh, oh, and that's, I, I that, people don't understand how important that is with your producer and the musicians that you have coming in, that you need that chemistry of people hearing the same thing. You know, otherwise yeah. they bring, you know, your baseline runs amok and you're like, no, 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 no. Well, and, and it's so hard to get it back after that because yeah. that once they grab it, it's their own, right? So, mm -hmm. so I've I've have I've got a, I've got tons of music that is sitting that needs to be redone because it, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. It just didn't. It just doesn't sound like me. Yeah. Uh, so I was very. I, this is one of those ones that when I and when I first heard it on the radio for the first time, this is the first song as an original artist I ever heard on the radio, and uh, I still get a goosebump about that moment and it was mm -hmm. playing very loud in a backyard two blocks from my house and i was just coming home on a sunny day 
and I opened my door and I just heard this lick and I went, wow, that, that sounds a lot <laughs> like that's some, some son of a bitch stole my song. Then I realized it was me. And uh, I just sat there in the sunshine and listened to its entirety. And it's a pretty great experience for sure. And any artist I've ever met always says, there's nothing like hearing your songs on the radio. So it thank does you for not this. get old ever. I just had Never. one today and, you know, someone, the DJ actually you know, sent it to me and I'm like, oh, it's getting play, you know, and it's just a, yeah. a wonderful feeling. So let's hear the first song that you heard on the radio. Let's hear Bernie Midnight. I asked him what he meant. He looked at me and smiled, said I raised my hands, bow my head. I'm finding more and more truth in the words written in red. They tell me that there's more to life than just what I can see. I'm alive tonight There's nothing I can't do A human satellite Beaming straight for you A little money in our pockets Less time on our side Take my hand, let's take our hearts for a ride forgot about the intro <laughs> i didn't realize that that was still on there but that uh that was a very good friend of mine that actually passed away just before the show about a month prior in the tragic car accident and the gentleman you see playing that guitar was the producer and he came up to fill in for him so that we could do the show so i'm glad that got aired because uh we miss him dearly yeah i i i know what that's like it's an emptiness when you're i had a songwriting that i was you know, fly a lot of ideas off of, and it's just like you've lost an appendage, you know, part of your musical soul. So 
I'm glad someone was yeah, able to Yeah, he was my right hand. Like, he was such a good guitar player. I could, yeah. Like, he was such a good player. I could go anywhere with him, and he was that second guitar that made me sound good, and I didn't have to play constantly. And and we we just, we you know, we, we got ourselves into lots of trouble, and uh, <laughs> and we just became really good pals. But unfortunately, we didn't we didn't get to finish it off. But anyway. Yeah, that musical connection. I, I think, you know, you, the musicians you play with in your producer, to me, it's almost as important as your marriage, you know, as your relationships. There's that strong connection that you have that's hard to explain to, yeah. to non-musical folk. But this is a musical yeah. community, so I think everyone like kind of gets it, which kind of leads into the, the next song. Um which talks a little bit more about um, springtime in, in Nashville. And to me, that song is about like the duality yeah. of well, how hard it is to keep a relationship and be in the music business. Did I read that right? Well, that's certainly, that's certainly, yeah, I think you nailed it there for sure already. Um, I was, in Nashville recording an album with a band that I was with at the time. And I was playing drums and writing songs. Um, we had multiple songwriters in the in the group and we had just gone down. It was the first time I'd ever been to Nashville. And if anybody's ever been there at all, they realize the first time is a real kick in the head. It it really shakes you up as a as a musician because a lot happens in a very short period of time. Right. Um, and I just I I wrote the song um, flying in the day we were going to go to record. And it was, the thought was we, we, we go, my God, you know, like, I hope this does well. I hope that we create something good here. We're spending a lot of money, a lot of time um, to come down here, be away from our families. I really wanted it to go well. And then I thought about what the consequences of, of really going well would be. And I've just seen so many artists and it doesn't matter who they are. Um, I use Phil Collins as an example. The man's been divorced four times. Mm. Um, probably one of the great artists of our time. And But I can almost guarantee that any example I can show you of somebody that is um, doing what people would consider a dream come true. Well, let's just say that. You know, one would think, wow, to be Phil Collins, wouldn't that be something? Or wouldn't it be something to be uh, Chris Staple? Or would it be something mm. to be Taylor Swift? And I can, I can guarantee in the time I've been in this industry that every one of those people has either paid, is paying, or is going to pay a price for that, for that fame uh, and for that fortune. Uh, I've always said, you know, fortune is the prize and fame is the price. Um, after you've been on your first, uh, uh, after you've been on your first private jet and you've been on your first uh, tour bus and You've stayed in the nicest hotels. I mean, it's just all the same. And it's time away from your family. And it's it's a commitment. It's a pressure thing. And so I thought of the worst case scenario mm -hmm. of what could happen if, if this was to all work out. And I was going to get everything I thought I wanted. And But how, what, what price were, was I going to have to pay? Because inevitably, it is absolutely for sure that everybody has. Right. Nobody gets out of this for free. Right. You, you know, my That's hero, it. my hero is Pat Benatar. Oh, absolutely. One, because she's classy, has killer chops, you know, great songs, all of that. And managed to have a relationship, a musical relationship, you know, with Spider, you know, yeah. and it's so rare. And you started and here you are. You started so young. You can't imagine doing anything else. But yet, there's always looming the price of things. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's it's just from my experience, everybody has to realize that there will be a there will be a there will be a price to pay eventually. Uh, you know, and and that's when you look at those people and truly respect them even more for their decision to make that sacrifice. And maybe not some of them, because I mean, we've heard some terrible stories of. People that haven't been great fathers or great mothers or, you know, haven't been good friends. And 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 certainly this industry and, and this love for music and this this desire for that golden ring 
can get all consuming and and then and you can start making some really bad decisions very quickly and i've made some of them already i bounced back from them but but i certainly made some that i regret i wasn't as good to some of my friends and mm. i don't think i i made some of the right choices i could have made in the pursuit of what i'm trying to accomplish i think with time and a little you know some gained wisdom you realize there's a balance you can strike where you can reach for that goal and uh, it doesn't have to cost somebody else a price. So you know, I, think yourself. Take, I think it takes some learning in this business. Again, you have such different goals when you first start out. Yeah. And that changes when you realize it really is about the song. It really is about the music that your priorities really do start to shift a little in what you're doing, <laughs> how you're presenting it, you know, and how you appreciate your fans. Well, my goal is to have the longest funeral in history because I'm going to make everybody listen to every song I ever wrote before they leave. So that's, I'm just, they're going to walk in, we're going to close the doors and say, I hope you guys had lunch because this is going to be one. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love, And we do have some fans watching now. Tara also loves Pat Benatar. So we have some fans there. Awesome. Yeah. And yeah. Well, she, well, she's and still, and she's still doing it. Yep, she's still yep, rocking it out and, and she's still nailing it you know i i saw some video footage of her her and neil just you know they figured it out so they did oh, I, I, I saw her a year ago no i'm not even gonna say that it was pre-covid like right before covid hit um in uh, montclair Wellmont theater a small little theater so it was very intimate yeah like you could almost like touch her and ah phenomenal hasn't lost a note in her voice and yeah. I can't say that. So I admire a lot of respect for, you know, the, the ladies in the genre. So, so why don't we take a listen to spring in Nashville, springtime in Nashville. Nashville on a midnight plane Ain't it funny how those city lights all look the same Saw a man at the carousel with his little girl And I thought how far away I was from my whole world Sure appreciate the letters Help to see me through Most nights are worse than better Cause it's springtime in Nashville And I'm missing you Joe knocked him dead At last night's show Well that's Ten down, twenty more to go Saw a woman in the crowd singing with her son And I thought how much us must have grown since I've been gone Tell myself, don't forget it And I'll be with you someday soon Nights are worse than better Cause it's springtime in Nashville And I'm missing you Time and 
Okay, we're back. This is Randy O'Neill. We're on the ranch with Randy, with me. And I'm here with CeCe Brooks, who's hailing from Fort St. John, British Columbia. And we have a bit of a time difference, though. It's what, like five o'clock there? Yeah, just about. Just about happy hour. Yep, yep. So again, we're talking about, you know, the reach of country music kind of around the world. So this was, a, you know, kind of a great place to start our northern northern neighbors. Um, so let's talk about, you know, the Nashville angle of things. Now you, you split time in Nashville? Well, I get there whenever I can. Obviously, the global situation as of late, mm. <laughs> especially a couple of years ago, uh, challenged that. Um, and, uh, you know, I've got other things that I, I have to do. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'm not there as much as I'd like to be. Uh, but whenever I do go there, it is truly, you know, uh, it's like, it's kind of like going to the gas station, you know, you just, you fill up, you just fill up with it. You, you go there and, and you just go, all right. But yeah, because everybody, you know, you're there for two, three weeks and every, every person you talk to is, just in it. Any guy that's driving an Uber, he's writing a song. Anybody's delivering you the French fries, right. man, they're in a band. And and uh, so you go, yeah, okay, that's right. We are, you know, smarten up. And uh, I tend to be very creative when I'm there. Um, last, actually, it's almost been a year since I've been there, but uh, that last tune that you heard, we, uh, it was kind of a birthday present for myself. We, we went down to visit with a, uh, a new a new friend of ours actually but uh, larry rogers larry the blade rogers amazing history this man he owns a studio called studio 19 it's in franklin tennessee and franklin's only about 25 minutes from our place beautiful serene little town and larry's got a got a a credit sheet that's pretty long and it's pretty impressive and we met him through a good friend of mine paul farrow who had been doing some work with them and we just started to become friends and and mm-hmm. i really felt it was important that i go work in this studio with him and he's retired from producing but but i dragged him out for these three songs and he put together a list of musicians once again that he really trusted and and he felt the music uh very very strongly and one thing that he did that i've never seen anybody do was instead of playing a demo track and giving them the the um the sheets he had me play the song live for them mm-hmm. and it was quite a little nerve-wracking because mm-hmm. you know very quality people here you know they've heard a lot and i kind of get over it pretty quick and go hey i'm here i'm you know i'm the customer do your best and uh it really did help once again deliver that direct product of what i heard in my head and so you know it's interesting i've heard i've heard other people that have gone to nashville to record and how different the the process is like you like you said you they usually get a track to play with but i've heard some people almost you know doing live tracks like that they're kind of just jamming on it and then and then recording and it's kind of yeah well they just they go through they'll hear a demo and then they'll just say i mean it's amazing i mean the guys, the talent there is ridiculous. So they'll hear it once. The second time they're pouring a coffee and telling a joke, and then they just go in and play it. And it's it's truly amazing to watch. But at the same time, if you're not sure what you want, that's when that's when that idea can go. It can take off on you. Right. You have six or seven musicians. We're all playing live off the floor, and it's all happening fairly quickly. Um, it's not an unlimited budget thing, and the, we you've got a day to get this done. So uh, if you can't communicate or for any reason you're not you're not happy with where it's steering and you can't communicate properly to them which way you want it to go, um, you can be out of luck. And right. these gentlemen completely nailed it and just uh, it was so thrilling once it was my turn to sing the songs at the end of the day, once all the tracks are done, now it's my chance to put my final vocal on it. I'm so giddy because it's like I cannot believe that they got you know they got me they got exactly what i wanted out of this so in these these this body of three songs that are going to be coming out over this next year are all from studio 19 and and uh i'm, I'm just really really proud of, of of what happened there on that day and like i said it was it was a really good day in nashville for me i had my wife 
I had some of my friends come into the studio and they were allowed to watch the process. And, 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 and I, I got to admit, I do like an audience. It helps. Mm-hmm. So everybody who's sitting there watching this happen, people had never seen anything like this before. And they were just dazzled by the, by the sheer, um, the, the speed and the quality and, and the way everything just comes together. And it's, it's just a real buzz for me. So, you know, Anytime I can come up with an excuse to go to Nashville, I'm going. And I and I anybody that's in the music business, any type of music, it's just one of those great cities. And there's other great cities too. Memphis is fantastic. Austin is beautiful. I, you know, but I have a great music scene too. One thing that I was concerned about with Nashville because I'm part of the Nashville songwriters, and you know I played Nashville, but I was actually surprised when I'm walking down Broad Street that it's not original music. You have to go off the strip. If you want to hear musical mu- original music, you have to know where to go because yeah. you're not allowed to play cover uh, originals on the strip, They on Broad Street. You can go, actually get yourself banned. Um, yeah, I find if you go on the Monday mornings and the Tuesday mornings and you go up into the rooftop things where the single acts and stuff are going on, you'll see a lot more of that. And some of my friends do that for a living. and. And I admire how they can put in a full shift there, um, you know, <laughs> 10 to 2, 2 to 6, 6 to 10, 10 to 2. I know guys that do entire days there. They will work 16 hours uh, to make a living and and they will play those cover songs over and over again. Now, all those guys will also be working in a studio uh, the next day with some of the great players uh, some of the great artists as well because they're professional musicians so right. they take the bitter with the better i suppose but but yeah you do have to if you're going to go you know if you're going to search out the places like third and lindsley or the bluebird or what used to be douglas corner where people are just playing their original music it, it takes you know it takes a little time to find those hidden gems but mm-hmm. they're everywhere too so they, they, you know i can go any night a week i can go there with my guitar and I can go and play one of my songs. And uh, that's that you can't say that on every city in the country. So right. it's certainly my go to. Right, right. There's definitely a vibe about Nashville. Um, I was only there for a short period. I spent, I actually like Knoxville a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's um, hard to find a salad, but everything else is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> they're a little, I'd, I'd say they're, I'd say they're protein forward in their, in their uh, menu. <laughs> but I'm okay with it, man. I, I, I have a salad when I get back to town. I, uh, I, I just moved to Pennsylvania. You know, I was I have I was from here, but I haven't lived here for 30 years, and I forgot how much they fry food. You know, in Pennsylvania, and it's just like it is an art. It's an I art just, form. Vegetables, please, vegetables. You know, like they they yeah. think corn is a vegetable. I, you know. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the first time I went into a Cracker Barrel, we were dying for some vegetables. We hadn't had any. And then one other thing about it, if you ever go to Nashville, remember to eat because that will somehow just slips off your plate. You're kind of like, oh, we got to go do this. We got to do this. Oh, we don't have much time. And it's like, when's the last time we had something to eat? So so we went into this place and they, they rave about these Cracker Barrels. And I don't mean to slag Cracker Barrel. It's just not my thing. I, I'd much rather go to a Waffle House, but that's just what you got to do. And we said, well, let's try the okra. Well, they just deep fry that too. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I got to say between the Waffle House and Cracker Barrel, there's not a whole lot of nutrition like like going on. It's a hazard of being on the road. Like there's a there's a Waffle House at like every you know couple of miles. You can't you can't miss them. You you get so you got to have Nashville pants and other place pants because. It gets, yeah. It can get a, it can little, it can get a little robust in the calorie department for sure. Yeah, and you're sitting a lot. You're driving, you know. If you're really on the road, you know, there's a lot of downtime, and it's like any these calorie laden foods. It's like, oh man. Yeah, that's all right. It's all it's good. Uh, we're getting into your, your next song, which is "Send Me a Song." Can we talk a little <laughs> bit about your song process? Is there one? Um, yeah. Do you take time every day or just wait for things to come to you? I, say, I, I, I almost always start with lyrics. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm lazy. 
I don't work nearly as much as as I should, but I also, like I say, I do other things besides. Uh, I'm not a. I don't uh, make a living writing songs yet, so it has to be when time is available. Uh, I think I think I start lyrically almost a lot of the times. It's mostly a, a, a lyric that I find catchy or interesting, and then then the the music kind of comes from that. As of late, um, I got this really cool thing called Aspire, and uh, right here, it's like a little eight track. It's just a little eight track studio. And, oh my uh, goodness! Aspire. And it's I'm an amazing thing. Uh, two inputs. Um, you can. You, it's wireless. Uh, and so, since I got this, I found that I put a lot more music down, and then I and then I can put a vocal track down to it. I can share it to somebody. They can put a track. So it's that's driven me a little more uh, musically uh, to start things more musically because I'll just sit there and noodle on a Sunday. Um, you know, there's somewhere on this, there's a really good one. I've got this song called Country Rain, and and I was just recording this with no mic or, or no uh, input jack, and I was on my back deck, and you could hear the rain in the background of the track, and the, you know, those sort of those sort of things inspire the lyric, and it inspires the tone and the the sonic value of the whole thing, and right. so uh, yeah, the, that that's kind of that's where I I I lend to. Once again, I do have a trouble writing. I don't write as many upbeat songs as I'd like to, although this this last batch, uh, I'm just working on this new song called Drink Broadway Dry. That's a, a real, it's a it's a toe tapper and uh, got a few more like that. So uh, hopefully in the, the, the next time we talk, uh, there'll be much more. We're going we're gonna to concentrate on some more upbeat Yeah. Um, happy upbeat songs are hard. I, I, I try to include one, like the one I wrote shine. I want you to shine, shine, shine. Um, you, yeah. gotta, you have to be in that mindset that's happy. And I tend to write more when I'm down and, you know, I just broke up with somebody and you jerk your ass and, you know, you're off and running, yeah. you know, it's, it's, you're, yeah, I've you're been more that mindset. Yeah. You know, these happy yeah. songs, then they do well, happy songs. Cause there's so few of them, you know? Well, it is, it is, they say, you know, the people, the psychologists say that the depressed state is the most creative. And that's why painters, co comedians, man, well, there's a depressed bunch and that's ironic, but uh, yeah, you, comedians have a heck of a time with that because, you know, everybody thinks they're funny and, but most of their creativeness was brought from depression through, through some form of uh, lesson, uh, through some sort of form of um i'm gonna uh couch that because i am a psychologist like in another world like that was, oh, that was okay. a profession um anxiety on oh, the other okay. hand anxiety is a creativity killer because you're in a different part of your brain you're in your amygdala you have oh. to be in your cortex brain stuff here to actually be creative Ooh. that's where your personality lives so you can be there when you're depressed but if you're anxious a lot like when covid started nobody was writing because they were anxious Ooh. their fight fight or freeze takes over their amygdala and their creativity was killed you have to get back to your calm you know usually when something bad happens you kind of have to wait it out a little bit till you work through what that really means to you huh that's interesting. I never knew that. Yeah, I, 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 that fascinated me, all the brain stuff. And when I work with kids on anxiety, I actually, hey, this is your brain and this is what happens. It's a biological process we're fighting here. So some of it helps, some of it doesn't. <laughs> so. We're going to have to take this offline. I might need a little more help than I think. I hey, we can talk after. We can talk after. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. <laughs> Okay. Well, send me a That's song. And, and the reason I was asking about your process, because send me a song. You know, is this about writer's block? Is this wishing for something else, a metaphor for something else? What was happening? No, no, it's it's not metaphorical in any way, shape, or form. It is truly what I call it the troubadour's prayer, because I think there isn't an artist, whether it be a painter, a singer-songwriter, I don't know, architect, whatever um that you don't wonder there, there comes a day when when you when the you know the muse runs out on everybody um you know there's some people that defy logic like springsteen i mean i'm a huge fan of springsteen 
he seems to be able to continue to create pertinent music that that stays true to what he was and he re he kind of slowly reinvents himself i mean the man just had a 74th birthday he's on the road doing four-hour shows and yes people would rather hear bore to run and when he does new songs they don't get the attention but the quality of the songs are there and i listen to his songs um and, and i'm not knocking sir elton by any stretch of the imagination but you look at someone like elton john who wrote you know some of the greatest songs of our time but it, they ran out on him like it it just he it it wasn't there like it was or <laughs> so that sort of happened so i i always wonder you know god is this the last you know do i have anything left in me and and you know am i going to just keep writing songs and are they going to be any good you know just, just because you're writing songs doesn't mean you're you know there is a standard that you have to try to meet and, and it has to strike a chord. Right. So yeah, it's I and I started playing this song at the beginning of every set I played, a because it was easy to play, <laughs> simple three chords, and it was kind of like my 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 prayer to start the night. Like you know, please, 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 if there if there's somebody listening, please let this go well and and let let me let me do well and let me represent let me represent myself as a as a songwriter as an artist um accurately and 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 let it not be a, a disaster and so uh but really it, that's why it's called the troubadour's prayer because i think that everybody uh wherever whatever they believe in uh i think that there's somebody that picks up that guitar and goes you know i hope this is the one because wouldn't we all like to write that, that song one. that 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 our children and the grandchildren I mean, wouldn't you like to, I would have loved to written Hotel California. That would have come in real handy right now, you know? Well, and there's a lot of people listening, like Don Pierce, Billy, uh, Billy Hill. A lot of people appreciating your music right now. So let's give, send me, uh, send me a song, a listen. Thank you. Man. silver money never lasted that long all that I ask of you three minutes ago oh lord won't you send me a song send me a song send me a song about heartache send me a song about love Every chord in my hand to get lucky Could use a little help from above a melody to make them cry a lyric to get them by A chorus so they'll all sing along A fast one, a slow one An old rock and roll one Oh Lord, won't you send me a song You know, 
I, I, we played a few videos. We play, played a song. Has video changed or how, what's your process with video? Do you enjoy video or they're just. I, I quite frankly just haven't gotten around to it. Um, I, I've really, I, I've never done any real video to date. I've these, these lyric videos are, uh, put together by some good friends of mine, a gentleman named John Graham, and actually Bernie Moonlight was put together by the acoustic guitar player's daughter as a project, and she did just such a great job of it. Um, I, I'd love to. Uh, my, my next single coming up is uh, a song called Bridges I've Burned, and, uh, and it's certainly got some imagery in it that I think would serve, serve a good video well. Um, and uh, so hopefully by the time that comes out, I'll have some to see. Yeah. Um, but it is, you know, it is another aspect, you know, it's another aspect where you, you are not only just listening now, you're, you're seeing and those, your, that correlation between the image and the, and the, and the song. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's another art form that, that I don't have a lot of skill at. So it's important to me that I, I find people that can, once again, just like a good producer uh, for your music, somebody you could find someone says, I see it, I feel it, I know what you're looking for, mm -hmm. let's do this. And uh, But if you can if you can align, stack that all on top of each other, um, you know, it's, it just, it's just a greater, it's just greater for the enjoyment of the piece in general, right? So it's just, yeah, it's a great chance to add to the experience of that song that you've written. Right. So and it has kind of a, a visual, even the lyric video. I, I have a lot of people because I I've started always putting lyrics in whatever I'm doing, especially with video. And people thank me because yeah. um, it, it makes them easier for them to sing along and they want to sing along. It really adds to their experience, you know, even if, you know, it, it is just a lyric video and things flashing in and out. Um, yeah, it's it's just an it's just another element that 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 stimulates things in our brain and 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 makes us close feels closer to the song. I think right. as long as like you say, as long as you can capture once again, you you have to capture that essence visually, and you have mm -hmm. to make sure you're on track there too. Uh, right. So you know, it's, a, it's another and, and, skill. You know, and you don't want to do it like sometimes. I think my videos are too literal. And well, I want people to be open to it. Like, I, you know, I don't want them to have such a hard image. I want them to go to different places with it too. So sometimes mm -hmm. video kind of could lock them into something. <laughs> nah, it's all good, man. It's, a, it's also a chance to let people see what they might see if they saw you live. And, and I think mm -hmm. that truly, I mean, there's just nothing like that, right? I, mean, I, I think anytime I became a fan of a band, uh, my latest fan craze is Lucas Nelson and the Promise of the Real. I love Lucas. I love, well, I like his family. I like the whole story. I mean, it's Willie Nelson's son. Not a bad way to grow up, I'm sure. But, uh, and and I really liked his music. And then I went and saw him live and I'm just hooked. And and it was the same thing with Springsteen. After the first time I saw Bruce, it was just like, whoa. Yeah. Like that's, Doesn't that's, Willie Nelson play in, in his son's band sometimes? Yeah, I they have the yeah they have the Willie now they have Willie and family yeah. so they do that and then uh, and then uh, Lucas has his own total total thing he does by himself and and uh, total organic you know organic they just sing hard and uh, you know and that's I think that that's that 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 visual aspect to get into you right right so uh, it's right. important. I'm like you. I am for all about live music, you know, but I know some generations go right to video, you know, and, you know, there's so many different, when you're a musician, there's so many hats that you wear, you know, um, there's, there's such a visual oh, aspect. <laughs> yeah, I know. There, you know, it's not, it doesn't enough to play well, you know, like there's a visual piece that people are looking for. You know, but at the end of the day, I, I was at a taxi road rally. Have you ever heard of taxi? They do sync licensing, but they have this huge convention once a year. And I went out there. It was in L.A. And all Michael, who owns taxi, kept saying is it's all about the song. If you don't have a song, then, you know, you don't have anything that you're marketing. You know, it's really all about the song and connecting with people and building a relationship with people through a song.
I, I agree. I, I, I think I, that, uh, I think I, a fantastic video with a wonderful promotion and all those things, uh, and a great team putting that, you know, and, and at the end, it's just not a good song. I think you get a bad song can go quite a long ways with the right <laughs> amount of influence. Um, I just, I just don't think it's something that anybody's going to be listening to in five years. Or when I listen to what my daughter listens to and what my nieces and nephews listen to, they listen to the same songs I've been listening to that all my whole life. Right. They're listening to the Eagles and they're listening to Chris Christopherson and Willie Nelson. And they're not, you know, and, and lots of people have come and gone and written and been very successful, but. I'm showing some of your pictures now. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's in the church. We found an old church uh, about an hour and a half from my house. And I, uh, it was a really, it was a very, it was a great experience. Yeah. Very moving to be in there all by ourselves and, and nobody's in there anymore. And it's just in this quiet little community and everyone came around to see what we were up to. And, um, and it was, uh, yeah, it, it, certainly there's, there may be plans to do a video in that church because it's, mm -hmm. it's got a feel for sure. Some good stuff happening here. We only have a couple more minutes. Oh, well, thank you so much, Randy. I really appreciate your time and uh, giving me the time to get my songs heard on this format. I, I can't thank you enough. I can't thank you enough for actually getting back to me. And, um, you know, I, I really enjoyed the time and I thought it went well. Next week, I have Eric Summers coming up, who's kind right. of been, been a standard. Um, uh, well, congratulations. I've really enjoyed myself. Which one? I'm sorry, you broke up a little bit there. I just, I just wanted to say congratulations on this, on this, on the ranch. I, I think it's a great format. It's a great chance for musicians to, to get their product out there. So I was uh, thrilled it when it was offered. So we're now up and running. I thought you were a really great first guest. Um, so I really do appreciate you hanging out up with me. I hope to see you again. When you have new stuff come in, you hit me up. I know we're looking around the image because I haven't quite figured out right. how to remove yeah. that. That's it's all right. <laughs> I think it's fine. I know we're playing peekaboo now. This is funny. <laughs> because I figured out how to put them up there and now I can't figure out how to get them back out. I love <laughs> I love going live, don't you? <laughs> uh, that's good. You keep it this way. You don't want to get too polished. It'll get, I know. It'll, it'll lose some of that charm. I know. Uh, I know. Warts and all. That's what it is. You bet. Doing the best we can with what we got, right? That's what it is. All right, guys, you've been hanging out on the ranch with Randy O'Neill, and we've been here with CeCe Brooks. You see one of his great shots there. He's been in a church. We've had that's some great music. So I hope to see you guys here again Monday, 7 Eastern time. Again, thank you so much, CeCe. And um, let me... Say goodbye. Have to wave Bye now. now. <laughs>